my friend and I decided that we wanted to make goblin characters. We did, and we named them Brick and Brack Brockles. Okay. I like it so far. Siblings. And they were just extremely silly. And we did give them a backstory, but ultimately it ended up being mostly about the fact that these characters were named Brick-a-Brack. Welcome to 321 Leon. Today we talk about roleplay. <laughs> That's an example of what not to do. Yeah. Just kidding. Alright, 321 Leon podcast about LARPing. Today our guest is Zach, uh, and we wanted to talk to him about role playing, acting out your character while you're at a LARP. This is probably one of the most fun and intimidating parts of LARPing. So if you didn't grow up acting or playing a lot of role-playing games like tabletop, where you actually had to say what your character was doing, you, know, you don't have a lot of practice at that. You know, people always get really nervous about what they're going to say. and mm-hmm. Self-conscious. Yeah. Right, self-conscious. You know, I, I've been role-playing my entire life and acting and i still get nervous <laughs> yeah yeah it's the real time to it also like that's true when you're playing D D, there's always like a constant pause button at least you know i don't know anyone who doesn't play that way where you kind of think and can talk about what you're gonna do and say but larp it's like role-playing improv theater it's like life i guess yeah that's the whole point i suppose uh but yeah no different larps or, or different groups of people are stricter or looser with that kind of stuff the larp we're at now frontier dawn uh it seems pretty on the more casual end like a lot of people are into it and they do it well but nobody's like giving someone a hard time if they slip out of character for a minute or five or ten <laughs> right a little joke here and there isn't minded right all right even with that um we'll talk to zach has a lot of experience larping and even training and acting and uh, but uh, thanks for talking with Zach, and enjoy. Alrighty, well, thanks for joining us, Zach. How you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm just about ready for the weekend, anyway. Yeah? Anything cool going on this weekend? Uh, this one's going to be mostly low-key. Uh, it's kind of unusual for me. Yeah? Most weekends? Uh, yeah. Um, right now, I'm real heavily involved in two. Kind of... <laughs> Kind of half involved in another one. Um, it, it's a it's a very occasional uh, trip for me. And let's see, I was in the, a play test for another one that hasn't actually scheduled its beta even yet, so I don't know what's going on with that. But potentially four. Wow. Well, why don't you uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself? So I have been LARPing for probably 11 years now. Yeah, 11 or 12. I don't... Wow, I, where's the time go? Uh, I am uh, work for Home Depot. I'm a merchandiser. And then on the weekends, I get to be uh, an elf lord or whatever I choose to be. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a great escape. It's, uh, it's definitely my favorite hobby. It's actually how I know almost all of my friends. Very cool. And uh, how did you first get into it? My, uh, my friend, Josh Yoder, you guys know him. Mm-hmm saw a flyer at local bookstore. Uh, Josh and I grew up right down the street from each other. Uh, he saw a flyer at a local bookstore for, um, uh, for a, a convention, a gaming convention called Dexcom. Uh, and we decided it'd be a fun idea. So we, we went to that uh, and we were looking on, on their schedule of events and we saw what sounded like this really, this really cool thing they had going on. Uh, called night realms and we read into it um we i I probably devoured the entire rule book over the course of a month kind of knew immediately what characters we wanted to make um threw together some costumes uh went to the the convention and you know got to the room kind of late you know stumbled into the the room and there were a bunch of, of people dressed in medieval garb and the the room in the hotel had been uh dressed up like a tavern and 
And there it was. The rest is history. Do you remember what kind of character you played? Uh, yeah. Um, I was a uh, I was a swashbuckler and uh, their nomad race. Very similar to the, I think they're called uh, Tinkers from the Wheel of Time series. Okay. Very similar to that without the prohibition on violence. Uh, and then just pretty much ongoing since then or gaps? Uh, yeah, pretty much without any sort of significant pause. Uh, you know, a couple months here and there, uh, every now and again, but uh, basically every month since then. Cool. Nice. Uh, you do a lot of gaming and stuff before that or? Prior to that, I'd done a lot of um, tabletop RPGs, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, some White Wolf games, uh, a couple other independent ones. You know, a uh, good amount of a uh, good amount of video games. And you know, actually thinking thinking back on it now, um, growing up, did I did do a lot of that? You know, running around, sword fighting with sticks, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so maybe I've been larping longer than I than I thought. Larping and not even knowing it. Well, I, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was talk about role playing and how that fits into LARPing. And okay. uh, yeah, we just we were impressed by your character and your <laughs> role playing and Thank able you. to get in, in the games. I thought you'd be a good candidate for this topic. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Is it something you just you think you've had that much practice, or it came natural to you, or tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I've definitely had a lot of practice. My degree in college was in theater. And I've, I, I've been acting, I think, since I was five. I grew up in a very artistic community. They actually did a, uh, a Shakespeare play every summer, mm-hmm. uh, which I was in, involved in uh, the great majority of those. That was actually where I started. Uh, my, first, my first rollout was a fairy in Midsummer Night's Dream when I was five years old. Uh, you know, no, no lines, just you know, kind of there. Um, it's a good start. And so I've, I've done, I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of Shakespeare. I've done, I did, um, musicals and, and fall plays all through my high school. Uh, I was in a few, um, I was in a few student run plays in college. So I've definitely had a lot of practice and, and even a little bit of training uh, in terms of that. Um, that kind of thing isn't, isn't necessary though. The, the best way to go about it, I found, was to just kind of dive in. Uh, when, I, when I went to that uh, convention that I talked to you about, that, that uh, Night Realms module, mm-hmm. I knew what character I wanted to play, and I knew his personality, but I didn't know, I didn't know his past. I didn't know a lot of intimate details about him. And I just kind of walked into that room, and everyone there is in costume, in character. They're all telling their own stories. And conversation just kind of happens, and details just kind of emerge as, as you're going through it. So at just kind of diving into it let me realize the character a lot more than I could have sitting down and, and writing it out. Um, have you done it like that? And other characters where you actually did sit down and write it and try. I, I have. Sometimes I will sit down and try to write out, you know, an intricate uh, backstory. And a lot of times that works out really well. What, what really gives life to a character though, is, is actually kind of talking in their voice, interacting with other people, living in their kind of, their kind of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of really, at least for me, that that's what really connects me to who that character is and uh, and where they've been and what kind of experiences they've had. Yeah, that's cool. Tell us a little bit about your current characters. Okay, uh, current ones. Uh, you guys have met Hieronymus Cheddarmaine. So that one uh, came about. Uh, Josh, you know, told me about this this LARP he was writing, Frontier Dawn, and and wanted me to come to you know, the the play tests for it and. Uh, originally, that that actually wasn't the character I played. I, I tried a couple different things, um, and and then they they came out with, you know, after, after each playtest, they came out with a more detailed uh, lore book and a revised rule book. And and when they came out with the the real detailed one, the one that was basically in its final stage, 
uh, Josh asked me to read a particular part of it, uh, the part for Kingdom called Barley Buckshire. And I read through it, and I, I just kind of knew I had to play a character from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of came together from there. And I, I decided that I wanted to do something a little bit silly, which is something I haven't really delved into, but but also that had a lot of potential for growth. Um, particularly knowing the, the kind of game it would be, the kind of uh, frontier exploration uh, game. I, I thought it would be interesting to play a character who kind of had a, a lot of uncharted territory uh, you know, in terms of his personality, in terms of where he was going. Things on a deeper level, like when you get to know yeah. the guy a little more. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I made him very naive and very, very ideal or idealistic. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how that changes, or if it changes, how how the events that he's going to experience will shape that. And and that's actually that's actually something that is, is one of my favorite things about about role playing and about LARPing is you come in with a character and you have kind of a, a basic idea where you want it to go. And nine times out of ten, it doesn't. That that first character I played, uh, I told you I came in as a swashbuckler and he was a little bit xenophobic, a little bit uh, a little bit selfish and and went a place that I, I never anticipated. He ended up being a member of the town guard. Uh, he ended up learning the cavalier class, which is kind of lead at the front line of battle, uh, jump in the way of blows for other people. Um, so that went a completely different direction than I imagined. Uh, in terms of other characters right now, I actually just uh, just retired a character at, at Night Realms, which I still do go to occasionally. I uh, retired a Northlander who was um, a smith, and uh, just just recently became a priest of the God of Spirits, and he was he was someone I, I created in conjunction with with someone else uh, some time ago, and I wanted to make someone who was both in in some ways low energy. I didn't want to have to I didn't, I didn't want to have to exhaust myself every moment of the, of that game. So I basically made someone who was. Just had no filter. Didn't have. Didn't watch his words. Didn't. Didn't really care what he said. And and someone who was very straightforward in his approach. He he wasn't at all cunning. Uh, if he saw a problem, he would just kind of go straight in and and deal with it. Uh, be that uh, an enemy that he could attack or or something else. His, his approach was always just kind of go straight at it. So I, I just uh, stopped playing him. His, his story kind of ended. Um, so I, I found a way to write him out of the story, write him out. And uh, I'm waiting on on a, a major rules change of that game before I make a new character, because uh, one is one is looming on the horizon. And then the other uh, game I play is called Catalyst. Uh, my character there is a uh, Victorian aristocrat who is uh, part of a secret occult society. Um, I, I wanted to play something I hadn't done before. I hadn't ever done um, a non-combatant. Mm. I've, I've always been, if not on the front line, at least somewhere near it in terms of combat. And I wanted to do something that was very different from that. So I made a character who was entirely about the occult and... Uh, and and didn't even carry a weapon. I actually I have a cane as that character, uh, and he's he's very uh, very straight laced, very uh, very formal. And it's a kind of very interesting contrast with with him and, and the barbarian that I played, uh, the Northlander, uh, in that they're they're just completely different approaches to to life and and just opposite personalities. Yeah, so I was going to ask, like, do you find your characters uh, all tend to be of a similar vein, or you try to do something different every time, or it's been a mix throughout your career, we'll say? There are certain things that I am drawn to. Like I said, I, I typically uh, have played a frontline combatant, and I've, I've been to, including LARPs that I've, I've tried once 
at conventions. I've been to 11 of them. Uh, and I typically do play someone who's on the front line. And in the past few years, I've, I've tried to branch out from that a little bit. Um, my, my general is my general kind of personality is to play, uh, a good guy for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've also tried to get away from that. Um, the, the character you guys have met hero is, is very much, uh, about, about being a hero about about being kind of the, the characters you hear about in, in legends and in songs. Whereas the, the aristocrat I mentioned is uh, a moral subjectivist, which is something that I've never really experimented before with before. Uh, is he, he doesn't actually believe that morality has any meaning to it. Uh, so he acts in he acts in, in the best interests of himself and those he cares about and and for a cause he cares about. But he's willing to do more or less anything he needs to to accomplish that end. Mm-hmm. So short answer, yes, there are certain things that I've drawn, been drawn to historically. And recently I've tried to move away from that. Were there sort of reasons that you're aware of for these choices or, you know, were they things you're just curious about yourself or like you said, just in and of itself, do something different? It was, it was really to, to do something different, to explore some different areas of, of gameplay that I I haven't been able to before. Mm -hmm. And in part it's to kind of make each character very distinct and and to give them their own, uh, their own lives. What uh, advice do you give someone that is new to role playing or maybe timid or scared of just diving in? So the the first thing in terms of of being kind of afraid to dive in is show up early to your first game and meet people out of character. Mm. Almost every LARP I've gone to is a really tight-knit community and even the, the really big ones I've gone to because I've, I've been to games that have over a hundred people. Even those have, have a pretty close knit community and they'll have kind of smaller sub communities, but everyone does seem to be uh, pretty, pretty tight and, and pretty welcoming. So take a moment to meet people and to learn that you're, you're walking into what will probably be, uh, a group of friends that you're going to have for years, if not for the rest of your life. In terms of more specifically on a character standpoint, think about quirks they might have. Think about what their voice sounds like. Uh, try to think about what they did yesterday, uh, even if it wasn't saving the world, uh, which is which is how most LARP events go. Is there's there's some sort of huge danger you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Think about what they do when there isn't. It, it really helps me realize the character to, to learn who they are when the pressure isn't on. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of like real life, right? Just, yeah. Most of your life is not a ton of pressure, hopefully. And, and you know, um, ask questions. If the game has any sort of uh, forum or social media group, introduce yourself. Ask anything you're curious about. You know, ask what the world is like. Ask what kind of characters they have at the game. If you want to play something that will fit in, you know, play something that there are a lot of, that you'll have a lot of possibility for connection to. If you want to stand out, play something that doesn't exist much. If if the game doesn't have any mages, play a mage. When you mentioned giving a character a voice or uh, a quirk, has there ever been anything you tried and it turned out to not be worth it or it was too much work to be worth it? Uh, yeah. So I have done this a couple times and it has never worked out for me. Don't make a character that's a gimmick. Okay. What do you mean by that? Um, so some time ago, my friend Sonia and I decided that we wanted to make goblin characters, uh, secondary characters. Um, and so we we did, and we named them Brick and Brack Brockles. Okay. I like it so far. 
siblings. And they were just extremely silly. And we did give them a backstory, but ultimately it ended up being mostly about the fact that these characters were named Bric-a-Brac. It didn't last. It, it wasn't interesting enough. Mm-hmm. I, I lost uh, I lost connection to that character very quickly and ended up not playing him much. I've seen that happen in, in tabletop role-playing games, too. Uh, someone made a character based purely on kind of the gimmick and, and the joke of it and didn't get invested in it and ended up being kind of bored for a, a lot of sessions. So that's one thing I would absolutely avoid. Is there a flip of that where you tried something, maybe it was a little gimmicky, but or or whatever trait, and it paid off really well? I mean, a quirk is, is a different thing entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen very successful characters who, say, have a stutter. There, there's one at Catalyst who pretty famously stutters all the time. And we. This is in game, right? He doesn't actually. Have yeah, in game. In game has a has a very distinct stutter. But his actual the guy playing it does he have? The a guy playing it does not. Oh, cool. Uh, he just decided there's there's a, a very good reason the character speaks the way he does. Mm-hmm. And it, we you know we kind of make jokes about it um, on an out of game level, but it, it really is a very interesting aspect of of that person, especially considering he's adopted very much a leadership role. So something one might not have expected from a character who initially was very timid, subservient even, mm-hmm. and has really come to the fore. So adding, adding a quirk to your character, especially if there's a really good reason that it exists, can actually make for some really interesting roleplay space. I would just make sure the character isn't based on that quirk. And that's probably key, right? The uh, the reasoning or motivation, if that's good, that can motivate you to propel your character in certain situations and go a certain path, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe there could have been a reason your guy was silly. Like, he used it as a defense because he really had this <laughs> one insecurity or something that could have come out eventually. Um, but you're right. If it's like, he's just silly because he's silly, like, yeah, that's, there's not much to that. And and actually, uh, the next character I'm, I'm planning to to bring out at night realms is also silly more so than, than the, the one you guys have met. And, and there's a, there's a very good reason he acts the way he does. And I'm, I'm hopeful to see that kind of develop and, and for that reason to be uncovered in, in terms of, in terms of Hieronymus, he is a little bit silly, but he's also, he's also got his, his serious sides and he's got things he cares about and he is very naive, but he's also, he's also very young. Mm. And like I said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of the development from that idealism and naivety and, and, and frankly, almost cartoonish personality. Cause he, it is a persona he's adopted. he, he heard these sto- these songs and stories about the heroes of the past and said, that's what I want to be. And so he's, he's trying to make himself into this, this persona that the bards have written about. And sooner or later, that's going to break and he's going to have to, he's going to have to grow. Mm-hmm. Right. There were probably some hard lessons that the bards don't sing about that <laughs> the heroes uh, have to get yeah. through to get to that point. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Do you um, have things you draw inspiration from for characters, or sometimes, um, but nothing that I can I can pinpoint and say this is this is where I always get my inspiration for for a character. Um, a previous game that I played, I very much wanted to make a Celtic hero, um, who someone who is larger than life and driven and has a major flaw to them. But ultimately, they are a hero. They're heroic. And so I, I ended up making, um, making a character named Lou, uh, who, who was very, very brave and very faithful and had a pretty big temper and would occasionally, would occasionally lose his, his temper to his great detriment, which is um, very strongly based on the legend of Kukelin, 
So that's that's one place that I drew from. Hieronymus just kind of came from reading the lore and and I guess a little bit the kind of uh, Dungeons and Dragons archetype of a halfling paladin was, was the initial inspiration for him. And, and that has evolved quite a bit. Um, my first ever LARP character just kind of came to me. Uh, I, I read the I read the rule book, I read the lore, and just said that's what I want to play. How much of that that idea of like the rules and class system or skill system versus your you know more role play aspects of that? How do you bounce that out, or do you ever go about it different ways? You're like, I want to play a character who's silly versus I want to play a guy who has a big axe and does a lot of damage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of times. If I'm if I'm looking for a new character to play, if I'm going to a new game and I'm looking for a character I can get excited about, a lot of times I will start off with reading both the rules and the lore. Uh, and sometimes I will see a race or a class or an archetype in their rule book and say, that sounds really interesting, I want to try that out. And sometimes I will read about a kingdom, uh, like I did with Barley Buckshire, and say, I need to make a character from there. Mm-hmm. So it, it can it can come from either direction, and both are valid. Um, the goal is to play something you want to have fun with. So if you're the kind of person who really likes talking about, look at all the cool things I can do. Like, if that's what excites you, start from the point of view of, I want to play this class. I want to play this. I, I, want, I want to be able to access these skills. If you're the kind of person who gets really excited about, hey, this is this is the story I have. This is where I come from. This is th- this is what my past is. Then look more towards the lore book. Uh, you talked a little bit about uh, like going early and getting to know people out of game, and um, so that idea of other players influencing maybe your own character choices or the game itself. Have you ever found that like? you got to a game and a lot of people are into role playing. So you spend a lot of time, you know, harness, you know, focusing on your role play aspect of your character or everybody in this game was more about like fighting monsters and getting loot. So you were more on that. Has that happened to you or have you found one to be more generally true than the other in your games you've played? If I go to a game and find that they're, Therefore, the combat and not really into roleplay, I tend not to go back to that game. I can I can get I can get combat, even you know, LARP safe combat, dozens of different ways. Mm-hmm. What attracts me to a game and keeps me at a game is is the roleplay, is the story. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had much experience with that other than there have been a couple games I showed up to and decided I wasn't going to go back. And then have you found out these games and a similar question, like has the group influenced a lot of your character versus you had an idea in mind or you kind of had a trajectory he was sent on and he followed or. I tend to have kind of a, a starting notion of, of where the character is going to go. But I also don't adhere to that course like my life depends on it. Sure. I, I really do try to let the experiences that character has influence what course he ends up taking in terms of mechanics. Um, and I've, I've found it much more rewarding to do so. Uh, I think that if you open yourself up to being changed, to being surprised that you you really have a, a very rich experience at a LARP. And, and also it can be really kind of cool to, to learn something about your character that even you didn't know. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I think I had that problem. Um, at this first event, I mean, I hadn't LARPed and a decade almost. Uh, so I, I kind of got too much in my head and <laughs> a little self-conscious maybe of, of kind of 
everything. I mean, you know, it was the first time at this game, so it was like remembering all the rules and then remembering different lores. Like, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to get my costume ready, and a little bit of like character development and story. And uh, we also had a group, so we had like a group backstory I had to like keep in mind. Um, so yeah, I found that that was that was hard for me to just kind of let my character be my character and you know let whatever happened happen rather than trying to think of what's the right thing to say or what would my character say you know what i mean yeah um i mean i my very first lark event i had a lot of a lot of of, of that kind of similar experience i would i would get very self-conscious and kind of censor what what my character would say uh and i slowly did break out of that it's a process and it's you know, it's completely understandable to be really nervous going in. Uh, if you can manage to let that go, you're going to find that everyone there is kind of just as willing to to kind of lose themselves and, and engage in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was a <laughs> it's also a challenge being a unique event where there was some strange magical thing we were all trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, we yeah, also, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but then we also were new to the town in general, so it's like, and I wanted mm-hmm. to learn everything. It's like, tell me what's going on in town. <laughs> Who are the Smiths? What do I need to get this? <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I definitely enjoyed myself despite being a little nervous and stuff. So, that's yeah, a good group of people. Yeah, uh, like I said, almost almost every LARP I've gone to ends up forming a, a really tight community. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about role-playing from an NPC stance? Because, um, I mean, that necromancer at the end was, like, awesome. Did you <laughs> did you have to memorize that thing at the end, or are you ad-libbing? Um, I, I kind of made it up about an hour before you guys got there and more or less memorized what I was going to say, yeah, but it wasn't, like, something they had written in advance. Um, Josh and Pete and I discussed what kind of thing they wanted me to say, and then I just kind of went with it yeah um a little context for anyone listening uh it was the big climactic battle you know the main mod and the main boss if you will necromancer and uh, upon his defeat cursed the land and sent all these things into motion that we were i guess setting into motion because we'd gone back in time <laughs> and so it was this it was very uh movie climax follow the villain speech and it was it was really cool uh, despite someone throwing uh, a spell packet at you in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I will say that uh, scene chewing villain monologues are one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. In terms of role playing from an NPC standpoint, uh, the very first thing to remember is your, your goal when NPCing is to make players have fun, mm-hmm. it is not to compete against them. When I'm when I'm doing that kind of thing, and I have, I've experienced this from uh, an NPC point of view, and from uh, actually a, a marshal and a writer's point of view. I've, I've run some I've run plots at some games before. Um, my my number one rule f- when I do that is give the players what they want. Uh, but my number two rule is that players want their characters to suffer. Uh, so so hurt them, make them work for it. But ultimately, uh, they they want they do ultimately want a victory, but they don't want a hollow one. They don't want one that they uh, that they didn't have to work for. Is that something you came up with, or something you learned? It, it's something that I, I kind of learned over the course of of doing things like running D and D games. Is that people people ultimately want their characters to overcome, but in order to overcome, they need to be presented with believable obstacles there needs to be the possibility of failure there needs to be uh struggle and and hardship and uh in a, in a lot of cases actual tears and some of my proudest moments in terms of running uh plots at, at a LARP have involved actually making people cry and and you know afterwards they they've always said you know that was great so it's it's not like a it's, it's the good kind of crime, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, some, other, some other things about uh, role-playing as an NPC. Get into the role. 
even if you're just a, a monster randomly wandering around that they encounter, if if you're a spider, move as much as you can like a spider. Make little clicking noises. Um, if if you're a, a skeleton, shamble. Act like you're you know made of bones, even if that hinders you a little bit in combat. Mm-hmm. PCs are going to appreciate the kind of experience of being able to better visualize what they're fighting. You know, when, when you get hit with something, role play the injury mm-hmm. from a, uh, just a little bit of a, of a grunt from a, a lighter hit to screaming out in pain. If you lose your arm, uh, one of the things that happened during uh, that mod that was brought up uh, is that there were five spirits that the players had uh, gained uh, the, the support of, and each each one had a, a particular attack that it imbued someone with. And when I got hit with that, I cried out in pain and stumbled, and at one point actually fell to one knee because that was supposed to be particularly uh, baleful towards me. Mm-hmm. And and it absolutely hindered my, my combat. I mean, I, I did that, and all of a sudden I was completely exposed to being attacked from every side. Um, so embrace what is happening and what you are and remember that it's it's really about making sure the players are having a good time mm-hmm. <laughs> again i overthink things sometimes i think because it's hard to know i mean i think your rules are good and a good you know general rule but it is hard to know like unless you are really close to the whole group um what people do enjoy and what they might find fun um but no, I think what you said is pretty insightful that you know, generally in life you enjoy something you had to overcome more than something that was just handed to you, you know? Mm-hmm. I think when I NPC, I think that too. I'm always thinking in the back of my head, like, I can't really kill them, like, because maybe that's, I should get over that. Like, I don't want my character to die, so I don't ever try to really <laughs> kill anybody when I'm NPC. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, so like, one of the... fight somebody and I'll be like, I could totally destroy this guy if I really tried to. <laughs> But I'm like a level one <laughs> goblin. I probably shouldn't. So one of the things that happened to Hieronymus at the beta event, so not even the first event, but event zero, mm-hmm. the, the one they were doing the final test of the rules uh, to make sure they had everything down. Uh, the story in it counted for the game. Okay. So whatever happened there happened. Well, Hieronymus died. He got, he got mauled to death by a bear. Um, I was the only uh, character to die that event. Mm -hmm. And what ensued was some of the most fun I've had at that game because I got to go through the role play of what happens after. Um, Typically, every LARP will have its own thing of how they, they work with character death. Some LARPs are more forgiving than others. Uh, I have been at a game where you can only die, you only get one freebie, um, and the next, and the, the time after that, you're done. Uh, I've been at games where you can play your character forever. Frontier Dawn is one of the more forgiving ones. Um, there's no exact number of times you will come back, but in general, you're guaranteed to come back once. And after that, you have, uh, I think it's an increasing 5% chance to to not be able to every time you die. Mm-hmm. But um, actually actually going through what they, what they do, how they handle character death, and what happened after, it ended up having repercussions for the next four events. Mm-hmm. And it ended up creating some really cool story and some really cool mods that they ended up running because of it. Mm-hmm. That's another... Uh, that's, that's another piece of advice I would have for players, especially newer players. Don't worry about dying. It can be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, because it's different than a lot of things. Uh, it's not like a video game where you either have a save point or, uh, you know, you just have a number of lives you can use or whatever. Uh, and, I, and I noticed that one of the first times I LARPed um, that I, I did get more into it and I had a different you know, decision-making process when I was actually walking around and might get attacked, you know, versus if I was 
even playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know, um, it was maybe a little more immersive for me that like, yeah, I don't actually want something to jump out and <laughs> attack me. So <laughs> I'm not going to go wander off by myself or whatever. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite? I'm not sure which I wanted to ask. I was going to ask favorite character at one point or just like a favorite role-playing moment that stood out to you. I mean, 11 years, man, there, there have been a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a, there was a moment years and years ago where one of my character's friends, uh, died and, and we thought he wasn't going to be able to come back. Uh, he was actually, um, he was actually killed in his sleep and we thought that was it for him. Uh, I was at the, the healing focus, which is the, the typical method of, of coming back to life at that game, uh, talking to him, not knowing whether or not he was there. Uh, and the, the player was there. The character was there in spirit, but I, I could not in any way perceive him. So I'm, I'm there talking to him towards this crystal. And, and I, I actually started crying. I actually started make my, making myself cry. And he's standing there behind me listening to all this. And I can hear him start crying. And that was just, that was a really cool kind of emotional moment. Um, it's from way back when. No, that's cool. That's something you wouldn't necessarily expect going into a LARP. That something that cool and real could happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Are there things people could do to, you know, practice or would help with their, if, say, I want to be a better role player. Um, you know, there's something from your acting experience that you found comes in handy or is a good practice or exercise. One of the first things I do when I'm, when I'm getting into character is I just say the sentence, my name is, and then the character's name. And I say it in their voice. Um, so I basically introduce myself as that character. And this kind of the first step I take towards, this is who I'm playing, this is their voice, this is how they talk. Like into the mirror or like empty room or with someone else? Doesn't even have to be to the mirror. Um, just, just so I can, I can hear it, so I can kind of uh, feel it in, in my mouth. Mm -hmm. uh, so for that first character, it was, my name is Tobot. And just, just that, that first starting into it, that, that kind of lilt and the rolling of my, my R's really got started to get me into the voice of that character. Mm. It, it's always been useful for me to take a moment to run through recent events that have happened to that character in my head, especially if, if I know what's happened to them between events. And, and I guess other than that, there, there's, a, there's a thing that has, has happened on the, uh, the Facebook page for one of the LARPs I go to, uh, where people will post character development questions. Things like, you know, what's your character's favorite food? You know, what kind of music does your character like? You know, how, what's, your, what's your character's relationship with their parents? And then, you know, we'll all answer or not as, as we see fit. Um, but that's a really good way to make yourself think about, hey, what's this detail about my character's life that has informed it? And with, with that character, it, it's, it's forced me to say, okay, this, now I know what kind of music he likes. Uh, now... I know what kind of things he did, you know, as a child. Um, one of the one of the fun details about that character that has emerged is that uh, as as a as a boy, his his father insisted he do all of the the typical activities that that a, an aristocrat's son would would do: uh, fencing and and uh, marksmanship and equestrian. And he was just absolutely dreadful with them, and, and an interest uh, a little. Uh, story that I occasionally slip in is that uh, he had exactly one uh, pistol lesson, which ended with him accidentally shooting his instructor in the foot. Yeah. It's just one of the the reason he doesn't carry a weapon is is not because he's opposed to them; it's because he sucks with them. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, I've seen. Um, I think it was another. LARP podcast I was listening to, they're talking about some games will have that like a uh, questionnaire, you know, and it'll have those kind of seemingly, you know, no gameplay aspect to it. It's just all lore or uh, backstory role playing elements of 
do they have fears do they have you know secrets or whatever and it's it's for both the character to kind of develop and uh, for plot to uh maybe integrate in some way or, mm-hmm. or not you know evan anything else before we wrap up i'm sure how to word this question is there uh something that either i guess uh, how do you handle it when you're role-playing with a character and the other person is bringing character how do you usually deal with that situation um some games will have a kind of code phrase to be like hey please get back into character um uh, uh for for catalyst for example um it's remember you're dreaming which works because the uh, game actually takes place in a lucid dream um it's it's a kind of a shared dream state between people from multiple different realms uh which is a really interesting concept for for a game and one that's really worked for it um there was another game i went to which is uh which was relax have a drink which was the can can you please you know can you please be in character um if the game doesn't have that there's two ways you can go about it one is to just kind of and i i hesitate to use the word aggressively but aggressively be in character towards that person um just be very in character and ask them things engage them in a way that they'll they'll have to step into character or if absolutely necessary you can take a moment step out of game and say hey can you please either be in character or step away because we're trying you know we're 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 immersed right now right um and that that is kind of my absolute last resort because that involves stepping out of game stepping out of out of immersion sure uh, but sometimes you have to uh if you're talking about people doing things like like metagaming that's kind of another issue altogether and there's really not much you can do about it other than bring it up after the fact either with that player or with staff uh, but that's it's kind of its own can of worms yeah, I think Josh Yoder had the same advice about uh, if someone's not role playing, just role pl- like ham- or like amp up your role play. Because I think what I said was, you know, there were so many people at Frontier Dawn who were really good at it that it made me want to, you know, be better at role playing and try to stay in character a little more. Um, and yeah, so that was what he had said was, I think like what you're saying, not in a way that's like rude or you know in their face about it or whatever, but just trying to get them engaged. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a, a really good word to use for it. It's just really try to engage them and force them into immersion. Have you ever had a time where you were, you know, role playing, being really angry or having a certain, you know, situation with somebody and it that person kind of had trouble figuring out, oh, is he really mad at me or is he just role playing really well? You know, I'm I'm certain I have. I don't remember any specific anecdotes about it. Mm-hmm. I, I am certain that has occurred and it is always a good idea to after that kind of scene is over after things have calmed down when you have a chance to just real quick step out of game to that person and be like hey that was really intense are you okay you know i just want to let you know that, that was all that was all in game mm-hmm. just you know make sure they're okay mm-hmm. um a lot of games will have a uh, a rule set in place where if if something is getting too intense for someone, they can step out. Uh, a lot, uh, some games you do um, red, red light, yellow light, green light. Mm-hmm. Uh, where if, if someone you know sa- says you know yellow light, you know, yellow yellow, it's just you know calm it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Keep keep going, calm it down. Someone someone says red, that's just stop. Make sure everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. Pick it up in a moment. That that's also another another good thing. I think um, new players might might need to know is if something is too intense for you there is no shame in stepping away from it mm-hmm. um there is there is no shame in in saying i'm sorry i can't i can't do this uh, and and step aside right because that goes back to it people have fun in different ways you know some people really want that intense get their blood pumping kind of thing that's a that's a game and not real and it's fun right. for them other people might have trouble with that or you know, certain things just might trigger something that you're 
maybe not even aware of until it happens. But yeah, but yeah, safety and people's you know <laughs> real life, you know feelings and emotions have to trump game and immersion and intensity and stuff. I didn't see anything get too heated at the one event we went to. <laughs> Although there were two characters having a discussion and I, I thought that a lot like, okay, are they role playing that their characters are kind of at odds right now? Or do they really like wish they had done something differently and are a little annoyed by it? <laughs> it's not my business. I was just curious and it didn't go anywhere, but I was, I often wonder that like sometimes it's hard to tell. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Zach. I uh, appreciate the yeah, thanks for having me, guys. great stories and yeah, great. <laughs> insight and tips. I'm sure there's lots of other topics we could cover, so we'll have to have you back on if, you're, if you'll have us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just let me know. Cool. Thanks for your time. Yeah. I will see you guys later. All righty. Thanks for all the tips and advice there, Zach, and for some of the stories you shared. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to play with Zach and watching his character uh, do some goofy stuff, and but uh, that's how his character is he's playing, so it makes a lot of sense. It was not always goofy. This last event uh, had some heavy stuff happen, and at the beginning of the event, he was not his chipper self that we've seen. So, you know, he's not a one-trick pony. He's got plenty of range. Right. I definitely want to do a uh, episode on role-playing choices or character choices, like... Why does someone choose to roleplay an ass or, sure. <laughs> or someone that's difficult to be around? Like, I kind of get it, but it's also like, okay, this isn't fun for me because <laughs> you're being an a-hole. <laughs> but uh, we'll have to find somebody to talk to about that. Uh, not that Zach was being an a-hole, but it does come up. And I struggle with wanting to give someone a chance to roleplay a character a certain way versus being super annoyed by something someone did. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think you know, Zach probably put it well. You just gotta jump in there whether you're nervous or, you know, that's the way to get over that. You know, if you're at the right LARP, no one's gonna cheat your head off for saying a wrong thing or misspeaking. You know. Right, if you don't let your, you know, self-conscious get in the way, you can just roll with that, you know. Yeah. If you misspoke, you can Make up a reason why that happened, you know. Oh, I forgot, or, oh, someone told me something wrong. Whatever. Well, I hope all you role players and LARPers can join us next time. Thanks again, Zach. Thanks for listening, and hope you enjoyed.